0: Uh, if you want to go ahead and flip on over we'll be in number sixteen uh, if you have your Bibles with us, if you don't know where numbers is genesis Exodus, Leviticus numbers, uh, the fourth book in the Bible right there towards the beginning uh, and I want to remind us uh, you know and you'll be <clears throat> for us to be um, in in god 's word regularly uh, you know monday Sunday's great, but Monday through Saturday, one of the reasons that we do the devotions uh, also after the first of the year. Um, one of the things that I've shared kind of towards the end of this year was challenging us to either be discipled or disciple someone else. And after the first of the year, I'll be sharing kind of a, a, a way to do that with other people. I meet with several people throughout the course of my week, and we're reading through Scripture and writing things down that we're learning and that we're encouraged to be challenged on. Uh, but it's, <clears throat> it's good for us to regularly be uh, jumping in God's Word. We come to a, an interesting point, uh, passage of scripture uh, this week, and it's, it's, it's labeled. I don't know if it's labeled in your Bible, but it's labeled in most Bibles as uh, Korah's rebellion. <clears throat> um, and one of the things that we know did anybody have to teach you to rebel? Did anybody have to teach your children to rebel? It came what? El natural right? It comes, rebellion comes natural. Disobedience comes natural. To do the ungodly thing or the thing that's not right does not have to be taught. It comes natural. Why, why is that? A lot of this other stuff has to be taught. It comes natural because we're sinful human beings, myself included, and apart from Jesus, my default setting is to rebel against him. And apart from Jesus, your default setting is is to rebel against Jesus. That's just, that's just who we are. A lot of times people say, that's just who I am. That's just all the way it's going to be. No, that's not an excuse to sin. That's not an excuse to continue to live in it. It's to recognize, hey, I'm a sinful person, and without Jesus, I can't do this myself. We come to a place this, this week in, in number 16 where Korah where rebels, and uh, if, if he had just rebelled, it would have been bad enough, but it wasn't just him. He took some people with him, and we're gonna read all of the account of number 16 so we can kinda of see that and lesson learned in the life of Korah specifically. So number 16, beginning with verse one. <coughs> it says, now Korah the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and on the son of Peleth, and the sons of Reuben, took men and they rose up before I kicked over the plant. That's not in your butt. Bible, I just kicked over the plant. And they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. They gathered together against who? Moses and Aaron and said to them, you take too much upon yourselves. For all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? So when Moses heard it, he fell on his face, and he spoke to Korah and all his company, saying, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show you who he is and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him. That one whom he chooses he will cause to come near to him. Do this. Take censers, Korah, and all your company, put fire in them and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the man whom the Lord chooses is the Holy One. You take too much upon yourselves, you sons of Levi. Then Moses said to Corey, hear now, you sons of Levi, it is a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring near to himself, to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to serve him. And he has brought you near to himself, you and all the brothers, the sons of Levi, with you And you are seeking the priesthood also. Reminder, we're kind of, just just for where we are, Uh, they were the the tribe of Levi, so they had a specific task, and read more about this, that that God had them to do, and Korah was in that. But he wasn't satisfied with what God had given to him, and he wanted to kind of be up there where he felt Moses was, and in fact, that's what God had given to him. Verse 11, Therefore you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord, and what is Aaron that you complain against him? And Moses sent the call to Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eli, but they said, we will not come up. Is a small thing that you have brought us upon a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us? Moreover, you have not brought us into the land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of the fields and vineyards. Will you put up in the eyes of these men, we will not come up. Reminder for us, if you've hopefully been paying attention or maybe you're guest with us this morning, we've been looking at where God has led the Israelites out of slavery of Egypt, and they're going to put them into a promised land, and they're frustrated and aggravated that this promised land that God had promised them, but it hasn't come at their time. Like they feel like that land that God's promised we should already have, but you haven't let us into that land, and so it's Moses, it's your fault, and and let's let's get this show on the road. What what's going on? What's what's the deal? Verse fifteen. Then Moses was very angry and said to the Lord. Do not respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey for them, and I have not heard any of them. And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow you and all your company be present before the Lord, you and they as well as Aaron. Let each take a censer and put incense in it. Each one of you bring his censer before the Lord. 250 censers, both you and Aaron, each with his censer. Because there was 250 people that was following Korah. So every man took his censer, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and stood at the door of the tabernacle of meeting with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against him at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, separate yourselves from among this congregation today, because I may consume them in a moment. Then they fell on their faces and said, "O oh God, the God of the spirits of all the flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with the whole congregation? So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. Then Moses rose and went to Dathan, and Abraham, the elders of Israel followed. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men, nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in their sins. So they got away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. And Dathan and Abraham came out and stood at the door of the tents with their wives and their sons and their children. And Moses said, By this all will know, that the Lord has sent me to do the good works, for I have not done any of them on my own will. See, one of the things that they were accusing Moses is that Moses had put himself in this position, and he was getting all the glory, and he was, you know, making calling shots, if you will, for God, and Moses said, hey, I I didn't put myself in this position. I didn't want this position to begin with. Remember, God came to Moses and told him, you're going to be the one to lead, and he goes, what did he say? He said, I don't speak so well. (laughs) Uh, I I don't want this. I, I I didn't see this coming verse 29 if these men die naturally like all men or if they are visited by the common fate of all men then the lord has not sent me in other words if they just die natural death and the lord has not sent me but if the lord creates a new thing and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them and they go down alive into the pit that you will understand that these men have rejected the lord now it came to pass as he finished speaking that all these words that the ground split apart under them and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with the households and all men with corn with all their goods. So they and all those with them went down alive in the pit. The earth closed over them and they perished from among the assembly. Now listen now am just a little little side note. This is not one of those parables. Jesus told stories if you will and in the New Testament that were parables and he would give and compare he was He was telling them parables of, of things that, that could be but that hadn't happened. This was not a parable. This was something that happened. This was something that took place. So imagine you're sitting there and you're watching this take place. People that had come up and spoke against Moses and Aaron and the 250 people that followed them, they were sitting there amongst you and now they are no more. Uh, it'd be, I mean, my, at, at very least it'd be a little freaky. Verse 35, and a fire came from the Lord and consumed 250 men who were offering incense. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, tell Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest to pick up the censers out of the blaze for they are holy and scatter them a distance away. The censers of these men who sin against their souls let them be made into hammered plates as covering for the altar because they presented them before the Lord. Therefore you are holy and they shall be a sign of the children of Israel. Go through verse 40. So Eleazar the priest took the bronze censers which they were burned up. And they presented, and they were hammered out as a covering on the altar, to be a memorial of children of Israel, that no outsider who is not a descendant of Aaron should come near to the incense before the Lord, that he might not become like Korah and his companions, just as the Lord had said to him through Moses. Thank you, can be seated. I realize that's a long, longer passage of scripture. I will apologize. I will probably cough and clear my throat through this. Uh, the sinus oh. stuff hit me this week. Um, and the more I talk, the drier my throat gets, so I will not do it intentionally what when you think of, when you think of <clears throat> this account, and, and here's one of the questions that I ask, right? And it's maybe it's, it's not a right question. I'll pick up this plant. Maybe I won't kick it over again. Maybe it's not a right question. But why does God <clears throat> do this to Korah and some people and not to others? You've you asked that question before, right? Why? Why? Like why? Like why would God not do it to me? Like I've I've you know wow. And the only thing I have to say, but for the mercy and grace of God, like I have no, I have no answer to say, well, I was, I'm better than Korah, I'm better than all those people. But you think about this, I mean, for, for us, the fact that, that Korah and his people were questioning Moses and Aaron leadership, and then God just took them away. <laughs> I mean, what if that happened today? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be kind of freaky. It'd be kind of weird. But, but God in his grace and mercy, thankfully, Scripture tells us that he is patient with us. He is patient with you. He is patient with me. And, and Korah found himself in a difficult position instead of God, we'll look at this in a minute, checking his heart and what God desires for him to do. He kind of went on his own thing. And we already said rebellion, it comes naturally. It comes naturally, unfortunately. Because our hearts go to everything else but God right and and the Bible tells us that our hearts apart from God are evil that's why that tells us our hearts are evil in scripture and deceitful right our hearts are evil and deceitful that's why for me specifically um and, and and sometimes it's it's the right it's the right content right but when people tell me just you know people say well just trust your heart I go no don't do that like, if, if you're trusting your heart, but you're trusting God, then you're not trusting your heart, you're trusting God. So you just say, trust God. But when we trust our heart, it says our heart is evil. Our heart is deceitful. Because it wants things that sometimes I want, that in the end I know are not what God wants. It's not good for me, not good for my family. But there's lessons that we specifically learn from the life of Corin. those particularly that he led. The first one is there in your notes. It says, our concerns and our issues must always first be taken to the throne of Jesus. Our issues and our our concerns must first and always be taken to the throne of Jesus. Then and only then, after we have sought the Lord and got some direction, do we then go to that person. What must it have been like? What if Korah had said, you know, I got an issue with Moses and Aaron, actually. And I don't like the fact that this, they're in a higher place than I am. And, and what if he had gone before the Lord and said, God, you know, is that my problem or is that this problem? Well, I believe the Lord would have showed him that's not his problem, that's yours. Right, and we don't read the rest of Numbers 16 the way that we do. But instead, what does he do? Well, it's not that he didn't just go to the Lord. What he was doing is behind the back. He was getting 250 people with him to rebel. It is a bad thing enough that you and I we have a tendency. I have a tendency. Okay, we all have a tendency to rebel, but then jumping people. Hey, hey, we'll get on, get on the ship with me. When we have, when we have a problem, and this is this is a, seemed to be a theme the last three or four weeks. And, and but it's, the text brings it out. So I'll just i mention it again. Korah should have gone to Moses and Aaron and say, Hey, I have an issue with you guys. When when was the first time Moses heard about it? Um, with the, everybody else. <laughs> What's the Bible say? If you have a problem, first speak to the Lord and then go to who? That person directly. And then if there's not an issue there, then you bring another person. But the first time Moses heard about it was amongst the 250 other people that was there with him. So the first person that we should go through is first the Lord, and the second should be that person. The second, you know, for me, one of the things, for me, one of the things I realize oftentimes is when we have an issue with another person or a problem, it's not always the case, but oftentimes we find out two things. One, we didn't know the rest of the story. You ever been there? Like there was more to the story you didn't know? Or it was simply just a miscommunication. It was simply a miscommunication. Like you thought you communicated one thing and you didn't and vice versa and you got all mad and angry and frustrated but then when you finally took the time to listen to that person and to hear them out and you realize, oh wait a second, there was more to the story and oh wait a second, there was just a miscommunication. Actually the thing which I was mad and frustrated at wasn't really worth being mad and frustrated about. It was just a miscommunication. That's why God tells us scripturally to go to the Lord first and then go to the other person. What if Korah specifically had done that? Which leads us to a second thing, which is huge. We'll camp out here a little bit. We need to make sure that our heart isn't first the issue. What was the problem with Korah? What was his issues? His issues was envy and jealousy. Now, I'm sure nobody here, including myself, have been envious or jealous before, right? (coughs) Never. And you know, probably we can think of times actually that we all have. But, but he was envious and he was jealous. I wanna read because, so that we know, understand particularly what Korah's responsibilities were. Korah was the grandson of Kohath. He was the one, one responsible, listen, he, he, didn't, he wasn't just like doing anything. He wasn't, just, he wasn't just lazy and bored. He was responsible for transporting the items within their tabernacle including the Ark of the Covenant from place to place. So it wasn't he just had like, a, hey, yeah, can you go in there and move that? Can you guys go in there and move that thing? <laughs> I mean, he, his, his job was important, but he did he said, say, well, it's, it's important, but it's not as important as I would like for it to be. He was envious and he was jealous, specifically, of Moses. I, I put a picture there in your notes <clears throat> that I found this week that kind of helps us It says, Lord, fix me because sometimes who? Sometimes who? Sometimes who? I'm the problem. If we're honest, if we were, if we could really be honest, maybe we could change that and said, Lord, sometimes fix me, because most of the time, (coughs) I'm the problem. My, My heart. Is the problem my attitude? Is the problem my anger? Is the problem my jealousy? Is the problem my envy? Is the problem? And you know what we want to do because we're good defenders. We want to put our problem on where. Anywhere but else. Somebody else, right? I want to put it on somebody. Else. It's somebody else's fault the way that I am. Now, that's a whole other time. Yes, there's things that we've walked through, that we have been through, that have happened to us, that may have t- time that we have to go through and require times of meeting with and counseling. Please, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, sugarcoating that. I'm not saying that at all. But there does come a point where we have to become responsible and say, God, maybe, just maybe, I could be the problem. Let me ask you a question. Can you think of a situation that you're dealing with? Don't ask out loud. Can you think of your situation that you're dealing with right now that maybe is a tough situation? When I ask the question, maybe you're the problem. Does that get all over you? No, I'm not the problem. They're the problem. If, they just get, if my wife would just get her stuff straight, if my husband, would just, if my kids would just get their stuff if my boss would just get this stuff straight, then everything would be great. <clears throat> and maybe that's the case. Maybe there are issues there. But, but, but a lot of things you and I, we can't change. And so say, God, fix my heart. Fix my mind. What if Korah had stopped and said, you know what? I'm not really mad at Moses. I'm not really angry at Aaron. The issue is, Lord, I have envy and jealousy in my heart. And what he didn't know is that his envy, envious, enviousness and jealousness was gonna lead 250 people with him and they were gonna lose their life. They were gonna lose their life because, oh, it's not a big deal. What what if he had said, no, God, the problem is, could be in my heart and that's why God tells us to, to look at our heart, to examine our heart. That's why Paul tells us in Scripture to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. God, I want to look at my heart. I want to look at my mind, and I can't do it through my lens. I want to do through it your, your lens, and God, show me when I have a problem in, with, my, with my marriage. Show me when I have a problem that's, that's really a hard issue with my kids. Show me that I have a problem with my coworkers, God, and, and, and here's, the, here's the temptation, right? Because I'm right through with you. We want to fix everybody because there's a problem with everybody, but who? But us, Of course. Because it's easier to fix everybody else. But it's hard to fix me. It's hard to fix my heart. That's why I can't do it. Right? There's, tons of, there's tons of self-help books out there to read. How to do this, how to do that. And I'm, not, I'm not, you know, whatever. It may work for some people. But I don't need self-help. I need God's help. I don't need self getting getting better. I need God to work in my heart and God to work on my jealousy and envy and hate and bitterness because God, I can't do it myself. And so sometimes I need to do what Cora should have done and say, God, maybe in this situation, maybe in my marriage, maybe with my kids, maybe at my work, maybe at my church, maybe with my family, maybe all those things, maybe there's a heart problem, God, and I haven't sat still long enough for you to just say, God, would you fix me? Would you fix me? Would you fix my heart? <clears throat> Remember the old song we used to sing a long time? It's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer, right? God, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a, st- a steadfast spirit within me. That was Psalms 51 12, I believe, right after David committed adultery with the Bathsheba. Created me a clean heart. Oh God, our concerns first must be taken to that person, Lord and then the person. Secondly, we need to make sure that our heart isn't first the issue. What if Cora had done this? Because who was the issue? It was him and it was his heart. Thirdly, any services to the Lord, any services to the Lord, any services to the Lord is a big deal what was his responsibility his responsibility the care overseeing the tabernacle look at verses 8 uh, look back at verses number 16 uh, verses 8 through 11 <clears throat> Moses said to the people of, of verse 8 to Korah here now the sons of Levi it is a small thing in other words he says you think it's a small thing That the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to serve him. What he's saying is, Korah, one of the issues is, is you think it's a small thing that God has pulled you out to serve him. You know what Moses is saying? It's not small at all. It's a big deal. To be able to serve God is a big deal. To be able to connect with God is a big deal. Whether I I see I'm serving God in a big way or in a small way, any service that we give that that God uses us is a big deal. That's why I, I, for me, specifically I, I take very seriously one of the prayers that I pray for us on Sunday mornings and even in our time in here is those people and hear my heart those people that are that are sitting with our kids right now in children's church and rocking our babies we, we say well, well that's <clears throat> you know that's important Chris but what happens in here in 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 church and and us doing music and preaching is important you're right that's important but that's just as important Any service that I'm giving, where I'm loving on another, where I'm singing to another, where I'm sharing the truth of Jesus Christ is important, so I want you to know as your pastor, any service that you have in, in service to the Lord first and foremost and in his church is a big deal. This church doesn't function without God's people. Any service, whether it's seen or unseen, whether it's acknowledged or not acknowledged, and then saying, well, God, I'm, I'm not serving, and saying, God, how, how would you have me to serve? Think through this, and I, I wrote this, I think I put it in your notes, it says, what if we took our job, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna transition this in a minute to everything, but just in this scenario, that God has given us in His church, and is saying, I'm gonna serve the Lord, first and foremost, 100% with all I have. I believe that would we'll begin to transform, <clears throat> first of all, our church. If, 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 throwing examples. If, if John and Dennis came in on Sunday morning and said, I'm going to give everything I have 100% to preparing and planning and teaching my Sunday school class. God doesn't have me to preach, and God doesn't have me to cook something, and God doesn't have me to do this, but this is what God has called me to do. Uh, Sam, working with youth, I'm going I'm to serve those guys with what God has called me to do. I'm going to give 100%. It doesn't matter what's said or what's not said. I'm going to serve the Lord in cooking. I'm very thankful, by the way. Uh, we like to eat. I'm very thankful for people who cook on Wednesday night and say, God, this is where you have me and this is a serving capacity that you have me and I'm gonna serve you with 100%. I'm gonna do it, God, because you have called me to do it and I'm serving you. Listen, here's the issue. You know what the issue was? Was Cora, right? Sad. He got discontented with serving the Lord. He had a big job. He was moving instruments in the tabernacle, including that, the Ark of the Covenant, and he looked over at Moses and go, hmm, his job seems to be a little more important. No. Any service to the Lord that God has given us, that God has showed us, is important, and we're to serve him with everything that we have. Remember 1986? You know, some of those commercials just just, um, stick with you. A few think to mind. Put Paul Coverdale in the Citadel and keep Wash Fowler out. That was like twenty-five years ago. Right? Nineteen eighty-six army came up with a slogan, be all that Be all the what? Be all that you can be. Live your life in the Army. 1986. I was six. 1986. what if we as believers said, God, I can't do this, but I want to be the husband, I want to be the father, and I want to be the wife, and I want to be the daughter, and I want to be the son that you've called me to be. See, the, the army has it wrong, at least when it comes to a spiritual point. Somebody, somebody kind of put the focus on there. Be all that you can be. I can't on myself be anything. But when God walks by me, when I succeed and when I fail, when things pan out the way I had desired and things flop, when things that God desires I'm walking and think, God, no, I want to walk in you. I want to be the person that you have called me to be. What if we caught that vision? I shared this this week uh, via social media because I was thinking this and I was kind of in the midst of, of preparing this sermon, and I put it there in your notes. It says, there were others more qualified for the job. They definitely spoke better for sure. However, God didn't call someone else. He called Moses to lead the people. Stop right there. Remember what his excuse was? I don't what? I don't speak well. And as if to say, I mean, Moses tried every way he could to get out. And then, and then for, for, you know, God realized, okay, okay, I'll send Aaron to help you. I'll send your brother to help you. Were there more people qualified for the job? They had more, quali- yeah, probably so. Probably a lot more. But God didn't call them, they called, who? Moses. There will always be more people who seem more qualified and experienced to do the job, but if God has called you, that's what matters. I'm confident there are more people quali- more qualified to be the husband to Lisa, the father of my kids and the pastor of this church. However, God didn't call them, He called me. Folks, if we could step back and just think about that for a minute, listen, there's four points in your notes. We're done. Because we're going to stop right here. If, if you're like one of those people, like, I got to have the, the blanks, see me after, I'll give you the blanks, okay? <clears throat> I know there's people like that. Like, I missed this point. I'll give you the blanks. So don't or email me, I'll, I'll send you the blanks. Some of y'all are starting to twitch. I can see it already. <coughs> what if we step back and said, God, yeah, there, there are more people that are more confident to be the spouse that I am. There are more people that are, they're, they're, that are better qualified to be the father to these kids and the, and the wife to these kids and the husband and the, and the wife and the, and the teacher and the, and the daughter and the son and the, and the Sunday school teacher. There are a lot more people that are qualified. God, but you haven't called them. You have called me and I'm going to fail, and, and there's days that are going to be like, oh, this is the greatest day ever, I, I can't, and we've all had those days, right? I, I've had days where the, I, nothing can get better, and the next day, nothing can go right. Right? There's usually not a week that it happens, like, oh, every, every, great, great week, or, but it was just, hey, the top of the world, hey, I'm under the world. God, you have called me to be a husband, and a wife, and a dad, and a son. And a daughter. And a Sunday school teacher. An employer. an employee. And, and I'm not supposed to be that dad. And I'm not supposed to be that mom. And I'm not supposed to be that son. And I'm not supposed to be that daughter. And I'm not supposed to be that boss. And I'm not supposed to own that company. And I'm not supposed to have those employees. Where you have me is you have me right here. And God, I want to be a faithful servant where you have me. Jesus tells us in Scripture. Those who have been with trusted with little, he will what? Give much. Oh, that's not our motivation. <laughs> our motivation, is oh, I'm gonna do trust. No, for our motivation, then we totally miss it. But to say, God, where you have me, right now in the positions that you have me. There, here's here's our, our prayer focus this morning. That you would ask, God, where do you have me right now? <clears throat> as a spouse, as a parent, as a son, as a daughter, as an employee, as a boss, and you would simply ask, God, would you help me to be a faithful, and fill in the blank. And, and acknowledge, listen, this is, I think we just need to hear this this morning. I think we just need to hear this. Acknowledge, there will be times that we fall flat on our face. Every single one of us in here Myself included. There will be times that we go, oh, I just really messed that up. (laughs) I didn't think I could mess it up any worse from last time, but I I did it. (laughs) I just really messed that up. But what we do is we get back up and we say, God, your grace and your love sustains me. Your grace and your love keeps me going. God, and, and yes, I, missed that. I messed that up. Yes, and my, yes, I dealt with that wrong. And yes, that was a wrong attitude. And yes, I, I dealt with my spouse in a wrong way. And I dealt with my kids in a wrong way. And I, I conveyed that wrongly to somebody that I go to church with, God, but, but you have forgiven me. And I wanna move on. And I wanna be a faithful servant of the Lord. What if Korah had just said, I'm not concerned about Moses, God had called Moses Moses and Aaron to lead. God had called me to move the instruments in the tabernacle. And I'm gonna be the best at moving the instruments in the tabernacle. Whether anybody acknowledges it or not. May we be a faithful servant of the Lord. Let's pray together. God, what if Korah had said? What if Korah had said? I I just wanna be a faithful servant of the Lord. God, he he became Actually, his focus was wrong. His focus was on everybody else, including Moses. And his focus wasn't on, I'm supposed to oversee the tabernacle, and I'm supposed to move everything, including the Ark and the Covenant, which is where your presence rested. God, sometimes we we get um, aggravated and we get frustrated in the roles that we have. I know that's true for us as husbands and wives and moms and dads. And sons and daughters and classmates and coworkers and bosses. God and thank you. Thank, I'm so thankful that your grace and your love and your forgiveness extends to us in those times that we just go ah. God, but help us to be reminded that at this place, at this time, at this moment, you have called us to be, and we would fill in the blank. And our prayer doesn't need to be like the 1986 Army motto, be all that you can be. No, our prayer needs to be, God, I surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no hope. I can't do this today without you. I can't, I can't function today without you. I can't lead today without you. God, and, and this is a spot that you have me. And maybe, maybe I saw myself 20 years ago in a different spot. And maybe that was Cora's problem. I saw myself, no, but just say, God, this is where you have me. And so I'm gonna be faithful where you have me until you show me something different. I'm gonna be a faithful husband, wife, daughter, son, coworker, boss, church member. I'm gonna be faithful where you have me. God, may we respond out of obedience this morning how you've led us, God, as as Andrew leads us and as we sing, maybe we sit and sing and pray, stand and sing, however you've led us this morning, God, may we respond in Jesus' name, amen.